What's going on? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the program. Thanks a lot for hanging out. I appreciate it. Pete Callender here. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. The phone numbers, as always, 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. Uh, programming note, at 1 o'clock, we're going to have Scott Lincecombe from Cato Institute. He's an adjunct professor at Duke University. And we're going to be talking about China and uh, American pessimism. And I, I admit... I am part of this strain that I look at China or China and I'm thinking um, I'm kind of worried about what they're doing and them surpassing us. But Scott Lincecum will provide a bit of optimism for us, which I think is that, that's a good thing to have every now and again. I mean, look at what look at what happened at the uh, at the White House yesterday. All the optimism about. You know, red hot inflation. They were singing songs about it. It was such a good time. No, well, wait a minute. Yeah, I hang on. I mean, I did too. It was like I don't know two years ago. Now I understand why they brought James Taylor. At first, I thought it was kind of weird. The last time I saw James Taylor. Well, I've never seen James Taylor like in concert, but the last time I saw him playing a guitar for a political event, he was in France. Do you remember this? 2015, John Kerry did a duet with James Taylor. I mean, I don't think, well, he didn't, I don't think James uh, or uh, John Kerry, uh, who served in Vietnam, as I recall, he, uh, I don't think he sang. He just played, I think, with James Taylor. But they did the same song. This was after the Charlie Hebdo massacre and the massacre at the kosher grocery store. These terrorist attacks, which we may never know what motivated them. I think the assailants were screaming something like Aloha snack bar or something. Anyway, um, they were. Yeah. So they had this these terrible terrorist attacks in France and they brought James Taylor in uh, to to sing to the French. And now they brought James Taylor in. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to sing to us about the Inflation Reduction Act yesterday. Which, I mean, is there a parallel there? Is it is James Taylor the guy that you bring in when a massacre has occurred? Is that what happened? Is that the is that the symbolism here I'm supposed to draw from this? Why would you bring James Taylor in to sing you've got a friend at the Inflation Reduction Act party? Which, oh, by the way, Brilliant timing on that as well. The same day that the uh, the government releases its CPI numbers, the Consumer Price Index numbers, you know, the numbers that track inflation. And, uh, yeah, it went up. It went up from the previous month. And remember, last month they were trying to convince us that because it didn't go up, it just remained flat, that that meant that we had whipped inflation now. But that, of course, did not happen because inflation compounds. It compounds. You know what that means? I know if you were if you were educated in a government school, uh, you probably don't. You don't understand compound interest, maybe. But also, uh, especially for uh, the millennials and the Gen Zs, uh, you definitely haven't learned about compound interest. But compounding means you it's it's a cumulative, right? It's a cumulative effect. So if it goes up five percent and then it doesn't go up again, it still went up five percent prior. 
If it goes up another 5%, then that means compounded, cumulatively speaking, it would be 10%, right? But it would be 10% over the original, the 5% increase would be 5% of the new number, which would actually be larger as a percentage when compared to the original number. I know I'm doing math and statistics at worst, and so that's just not good radio. I understand that. But apparently nobody in the White House does, or they think we don't. This It is one of the benefits when... You take control of the uh, uh, the means of production for citizens, you know, producing citizens, schools, right? When you take over the means of production and then you so uh, corrupt it that people don't understand these basic things that then you have more of a free hand to lie to them in perpetuity. I guess that is a benefit. Uh, so they're out there at their celebration uh, with uh, James Taylor and the sunny days and such, yes. Sunny days I thought would never end. That's right, man. 2.3% interest rates. I thought I thought they would never end. Actually, I no, I did. Because I'm a bit of a pessimist on this stuff. I am. I advise you. I do. Advi- I give you advice. And look, I'm just reiterating advice from the Department of Homeland Security, which is to uh, have some emergency supplies. I'm not saying go full prepper. You don't need to build a bunker or anything. I mean, unless you want to. I'm a libertarian kind of guy. You do what you want. I'm not telling you how to live your life. I'm just saying. You might want to have some, you know, some backup supplies like virtually every single civilization on the face of the planet has known to be a prudent measure from the beginning of time. But somehow or another, this idea that, you know, you'll can some some goods and put them in in the cellar or something like now that's supposed to be oh that's just proof you're crazy i buy all of my food the day i eat it that makes me morally superior i don't understand where that came from maybe insecurity i don't know but you should definitely have some food you should definitely have some water you should definitely you know have some a generator or I'm not, I mean, I'm going to say solar panels, but I'm not a big greenie here. I'm not saying, look, I got the solar panels put on and I did it so I can have power uh, and then make myself the target for when the marauding bands come to steal stuff from the neighborhood. I'm like, oh, look at that house. It's all lit up. Ah, see, but I don't plan to turn the lights on at night so nobody will know. And I also plan to people in the neighborhood who have to keep their insulin refrigerated. I would be able to provide that service. Because I'm a giver, right? Then, of course, I would make myself even more of a target. So, I mean, there are pros and cons to all of these things. I'm just recommending, like the government does, have some emergency supplies. It's hurricane season. That's why you should have it. Hurricane season. Okay. Nancy Pelosi at the big James Taylor concert at the White House celebrating how inflation has been whipped. Even though it, it grew and it compounds and it's worse. I got some stats on it. But you know this. Everybody knows this. This is what makes it so ridiculous. But Nancy Pelosi, she had some comments uh, yesterday at the party. Mr. President, thank you for unifying and inspiring a vision of a stronger, fairer, safer future for all, for our children. Your extraordinary leadership has made this glorious day possible. I, that's an applause line. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This glorious day. Does, does it, is it just me or does she sound more and more like a PR 
flack for a communist regime, right? Whenever people start talking about the glorious day or a glorious event, a glorious revolution, like I get these images of Baghdad Bob. But I also I, I heard that last part of her comment, and I thought I, I I thought I detected something in the background, and so I went through. Uh, some audio processing wizardry. You've probably seen some of this stuff on like the TV shows like CSI where they're able to draw out stuff in the background. And so I drew out what was going on in the background because I thought I heard something. Let me see see if you can hear it. Mr. President, thank you for unifying and inspiring a vision of a stronger, fairer, safer future for all, for our children. All right, listen here. Your extraordinary leadership has made this glorious day possible. I That's an applause line. Please clap. <laughs> Did you hear it? Did you hear that? At the very end? I think Jeb Bush may have been at this event. Glorious day possible. I That's an applause line. Please clap. There it was. <laughs> See? I'm not crazy. I, I was able to draw that out. It was in the, I think Jeb was in the... I think he was in the audience. He was standing actually right next to James Taylor while they were singing about uh, the sunny days that we may never see again. Sunny days I thought would never end. Long distance dedication to the economy and your paycheck. When you're down and trouble and you need a helping hand. Oh, right. uh, yeah, that was that. That's about the state of things. Yeah, exactly. That is about the state of things. James Taylor sang that song at the White House celebration of the Whip Inflation Now Act winning. And uh, OK, they didn't call it the Whip Inflation Now. That's from the 70s. But uh, they, it's the Inflation Reduction Act. Which did not reduce inflation. Discuss. Um, I don't understand why they bring him in to sing that song. Sing Sweet Baby James for crying out loud. For the love of me, he's got another song you can play that's not a song, as we did get the call from a DJ, so I got to say this this has got to be accurate. I tried to confirm it, but I'm going with it. It's a song about suicide or suicide prevention, right? Like, why would you play that song? Are they just trolling us at this point? I think they are. So the celebration of Biden inflation uh, went on yesterday as scheduled. Consumer price index report showed year-on-year inflation still roaring 8.3%. Thanks in part to soaring food costs, which offset a plateau on gasoline prices. And by the way, why did the gasoline prices come down? Well, let's let's give Joe Biden credit, right? He said he was going to bring down the prices. Do you remember what he said he was going to do to do uh, to bring down the prices was release oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, right? He was going to he was going to free up the fossil fuels. He's going to drain the reserves for electoral gain. I mean for uh, to help us. And so they were going to open up the reserves and I think yesterday I saw it was like the largest one-day sale or something ever out of the SPR. Have you seen the chart? Have you seen what that looks like? It's it's like, you know, the the reserve, it's kind of like bouncing along. It goes up a little, goes down a little, and then all of a sudden, whoof, right off the cliff. Right off the cliff. Kind of like the economy. 
So that's why gas prices apparently are kind of leveled out right now is because of this injection of all of the oil from the SPR into the markets. But we're going to run out of that. And when that runs out, gosh, I hope nothing bad happens, like where we would need to get some emergency reserve fuel. This is the same. This is the ant and the grasshopper, right? This is the same argument you see here in North Carolina over the rainy day fund. Democrats are constantly trying to tap the rainy day fund to spend it. And Republicans constantly say, no, we create the fund for emergencies. And the Democrats' idea of an emergency is ongoing expenses to pay off a bunch of voters ahead of the election. No, I'm kidding, but not really. It's kind of true. It is true. No, like their idea of an emergency, it was my idea of an emergency during college, and I just had to use the credit card for that pizza. Like that's their idea of an emergency. It is this philosophy of see a penny, spend a penny. And it's the same thing with the oil reserves. But even without food and energy, inflation increased. Core CPI rose back above 6% year on year. It's 0.6 over month to month. Over the last 12 months, so over the last year, all items index increased 8.3%. The all items index increased, I'm just looking at the charts here, 8.3% before seasonal adjustment. And again, remember, it compounds. So just because it didn't go up last month doesn't mean it didn't go up because it's still up year over year. And eventually you get to a new norm. And I guess that's what they're holding out for. It's like eventually, you know, the increase kind of washes off the books because it's not a year over a year increase. When this old world starts getting me down and people are just too much. For me to face That's so true. It's like me every day. Just not even on the roof. I'll climb way up to the top of the stair And all my cares just drift right into space That's a long-distance dedication to Kevin. On the roof You wanted to hear Up on the Roof by James Taylor. Dedicated for all the people jumping to their deaths due to the inflation. I mean, it's just as part of the it's part of the grand celebration, the glorious celebration of the Inflation Reduction Act that our glorious leader uh, put into uh, motion for us in order to whip inflation now, which is why it went up. Uh, one thing, no, not more, more than one thing. Even before the report that came out yesterday, and I have the chart here of all of the, the increases, you know, food, energy, energy services, commodities, less food and energy, new vehicles, used trucks, apparel, medical commodities, blah, 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 everything. All right, even before this report, though, we knew that real disposable income or real, R, uh, real DPI, the real DPI, that it, the real disposable personal income had fallen for five quarters in a row. That is, I believe, one, two, three, carry the 12. That is more than a year. Five straight quarters. That also is a compounding measure, right? So each percentage of the next quarter baked into that percentage drop is 
the previous percentages drop. And now that becomes the base. So it just, it keeps compounding. The plight of the American worker has gotten worse every single month since Biden became president. There's no spinning that, says Ed Morrissey over at HotAir.com. The typical American household is spending $460 more per month to buy the same goods and services as last year. $460 more per month for the same stuff we bought last year. And that's just per month. That's $6,000 a year almost. For the, for just to maintain. Over at Reason.com, Elizabeth Nolan Brown. New consumer spending data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics across a wide, shows a, across a wide variety of categories in 2020 run, uh, 2021. Overall shows taxes accounted for about 25% of average consumer spending. One quarter of all of your expenditures goes to taxes. On average... Each, what's called consumer unit, paid more than $16,000 in taxes last year. This is a, a consumer unit. It's, it's their, like it's all members of a particular home. Whether you're related by blood, if you're roomies or whatever, like that's a consumer unit. And the consumer unit on average in America paid more than $16,000 in taxes. That outpaces average spending on food, Clothing, education, and healthcare combined. Food, clothing, education, and healthcare. You look at the uh, the average expenditure uh, expenditures in all of those categories. You add them together: healthcare, food, education, clothing. It's sixteen thousand seven hundred twenty-one dollars. That's the average spent on those four items: healthcare, food, education, and clothing. Sixteen thousand seven twenty-one. The average spending on taxes, $16,729. So it's about $8 more. You're spending $8 more a year in taxes than you do on healthcare, food, education, and clothing on average. Average annual expenditures for all consumer units, sixty-seven, roughly $67,000. Average annual expenditures for all of our households, for all of us, right, all of us consumer units, is about $67,000 total expenditures. That is a 9% increase from 2020. Uh, pandemic, lockdowns, blah, blah, blah. During the same period, though, the consumer price index rose 4.7%. Average income before taxes increased just 3.7%. That's a tax cut. This is why when we talk about inflation... People like me who have been saying this for years, inflation is a hidden tax. It is wealth destruction. The highest expenditure category was housing. Overall, spending was up across all income categories, which makes sense because you have to spend more money for all of the stuff that you were already buying. It just now costs more. The highest quintile, so this is the, you break down the whole population into fifths, right? They call them quintiles, right? So the highest quintile of earners had the most increase in spending, which makes sense. They have the most money, you know, buying all the caviar and yachts and everything, you know, like Bernie and Chris here, my producers, 
probably like th- three or four boats between them. So the highest quintile of earners had the most increase in spending, while the, low, the second lowest quintile, so those between 20 and 40 percent, they had the smallest increase in spending. In every single group, though, in all of the quintiles, every you know chunk of 20 percent, the increase in total spending outpaced the increase in income. You're spending more than you're making. Overall average annual income before taxes rose 3.7%. Expenditures increased 9%. Income rose between 3 and 4% for the top three quintiles. So those from 80 to 100%, those from 60 to 80, and those from 40 to 60. But the lower two, the lower two, their incomes rose very, very little. Very, very little. The second lowest group, so the, the group between, what, 20 and 40%, their income went up 0.6%. The lowest, oh, they actually lost money, which kind of also makes sense because as the price of things become more expensive and you don't make a lot of money, guess what you can't afford? Basically everything. And so your expenditures declined. Your income declined. The people that are supposed to be most helped by these policies advanced by these command controllers always end up getting hurt the worst. At some point, maybe they wake up and see it. There is a young cowboy He lives on the range He lost his home His horse and his cattle are his only companions He's got to slaughter them all to eat works in saddle and he sleeps in the canyons no waiting for summer his pastures to change but winter is coming first and as the moon rises he sits by his fire thinking about women and glasses of beer which he'll never have again closing his eyes as the doggies retire he sings out a song which is soft but it's clear As if maybe someone could hear Like the president maybe? Mm-hmm. Good night, you Inflation, baby Okay, that's James Taylor which Joseph says uh, James Taylor is worse than the Schneider tree care jingle Thanks for that, boomers were a mistake That's <laughs> Boomers were a mistake! <laughs> Hey, I got to acknowledge, I am not a huge James Taylor fan. That's <gasps> true. I, I, I'm not. That's the only song that I actually like of his. I did learn to play it on guitar years ago, I've, and that that it's the only reason I know the lyrics. I don't even think. Yeah, I think I heard it like once or twice. I'm like, oh, that's kind of catchy, and the timing was always anyway. Scott, welcome to the program. Welcome. How are you, Scott? I'm doing well, Pete. I hope you are. I am doing well as well. Awesome. First well. bone to pick. Yeah, go for it. You said multiple times there would be no math, and this whole show has been math. That's fair. That is fair. Now, wait, now, hang on a second. I don't think I was doing math per se. I was, I was giving statistics. No, no, no. You were doing addition. Oh, that's true. In percentages, I did. It was like being in statistics class all over again, and I hated it. Yeah, I did to take it like three times. Yeah, L- literally. Horrible. Yeah, my apologies. My apologies. So that's one. Item B. <laughs> James 
inhaler should have played steamroller. See, I don't even steamroll. Oh, I'm a steamroller baby. Is that the the hook line for that? Roll all over you. See, see what I'm doing there? Yeah, I got you. I'll give it to you. All right. Um, third thing is, though, in all seriousness, what's the solution? Do we let the economy go back to supply and demand and work its way out, or do we listen to the fools that are saying, "Oh, we'll just keep raising interest rates until we dampen demand"? This is why. Um, well, first off, I never. I never endorse uh, the following of fools, uh, except in my case. So, uh, but I would say that uh, on the uh, the economy, this is why people who remember what happened in the '70s are so worried about what's going on now. Is because inflation is bad, and the cure for it is as bad or worse. There isn't we right. uh, we we are already in the bad situation. It's just a matter of time before people start realizing it, and then the perception. Uh, lines up with the reality, and uh, yeah, we. Are, I mean, there. As far as I know, there isn't any other way to whip inflation except to soak up the dollars that were printed out, and the only way to do that is to raise the interest rates, and that's what I suspect is going to happen at the next Federal Reserve meeting. Oh, absolutely, without question. I'm I'm old enough to remember the mid 1970s when if you got a 16 percent mortgage rate. You were like top quintile. Yeah, not to bring math into it again. Oh, see, you, see, yeah, you just did it too, Scott. See, so uh, he without sin cast the first stone. Um, <clears throat> so I think, yeah, this is a uh, this is a reality that a lot of folks uh, younger than uh, I mean, I'm um, forty eight, forty, yeah, forty eight. So uh, I remember interest rates being higher. I don't remember them being as high as they were. Before, you know, when I was a kid, when I was like, you know, two, I don't remember that, obviously, but I do remember interest rates being higher than they are now. And I think a lot of younger folks are in for a very, very rude awakening uh, when they when the interest rates go back up to those levels that we haven't seen in 40 years. So it's uh, it's going to get bad. But that's I think it's there. You mentioned earlier. Interest rates at two and a half, three percent are non-sustainable. Mm-hmm. That just doesn't work. Not with the spending on the boom for anyone to make any money. I think you know if you look back over 50, 60 years, average interest rates on a, on a mortgage, home loans, etc., are between six and a half and seven percent. Mm-hmm. We're not even close to that yet, and people are in panic mode. So. Right, right, and but I think it, we do have to get to a normalization in order for things to kind of return back to normal because it's been uh, uh what do you call it uh, a, a, a sort of a, a, a foolish it's been fantasy yeah it, yeah, yeah we've been living in a false yeah, in a false reality it's fantasy it, it, it and it was done what after the uh the collapse in 2008 right quantitative easing Correct. let's just keep printing all the money and lower the interest rates and and then we never got out of that uh scott i appreciate the call great points um, Justin also sent a tweet. We're releasing a million barrels a day from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. The world consumes 100 million. It's uh, The release is simply damaging the supply with no real gain. Gas prices are down because people are driving and consuming less. The administration forced a behavior change, which slightly affected price. Yeah, I agree with that. I was just saying Biden's, you know, his pitch was that he did it. 